Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents. All right. Welcome to the LC Parents Podcast. My name is Allie Evans, and I'm part of the Next Gen team at Life Church. We're based in Edmond, Oklahoma. We're a multi-site church with 34 locations in 10 states. I know that's fairly new at the time of this recording. We're so pumped about that. Uh, our mission is to lead kids and students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And really, we do that through a partnership with you, the parents who are listening. We are all about the partnership between church and home. Here on the LC Parents Podcast, we recognize, gosh, every family is unique because every individual is crafted by God to be unique. So we know that we have parents that are listening right now who are grandparents raising their grandkids. We have some uh, single people raising and partnering with families as they foster. Uh, We have traditionals. We have single moms, single dads, blendeds. I mean, we have a variety of families, and we hope that each episode um, will bring you encouragement, regardless of what it is that you're struggling with, the kinds of things you're experiencing. More than anything, we want you to know that you are not alone. And so during each episode, we're going to bring guests on who can share their varying perspectives based on their unique families. So I want to get right to it. Today, we're going to talk about the influences in our kids' lives. Um, We know that there are all sorts of voices speaking into our kids' lives. There's all the voices on social media, right? Uh, YouTube, all of those famous influencers, how many of our kids say, you know, when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They say, I want to be famous because all of the people on YouTube are famous, you know, Um, it's very influential. All their friends, their bosses, their coaches, their mentors. So there are a lot of opportunities for people to be speaking into the value that your child believes about themselves and their worth. And so we've got two of my very favorite people here with us today on the podcast. We've got my great friend, Jennifer Gordon. She is the youth pastor at our Oklahoma City campus. Hey, Jennifer. Hi. (laughs) And then Steven Hirschberger, amazing Life Kids pastor, also at the Oklahoma City campus. We're pumped to have you here, Steven. All right. Thank you. Did you just wake up? Did we just wake up? (laughs) I'm here. I'm all here. (laughs) No, we are so excited about them being here with us. They are amazing parents, um, incredible pastors that care deeply about what it is that God has called us to as a church, and that is, again, uh, to build the bridge between church and home as we partner with you to lead your families. Um, So we're just going to get started. Again, we hope that you guys feel like pulling up, you know, pulling up your chair, grabbing a cup of coffee, and being a part of this conversation with us. So today, I'm going to start with, is anyone, like, I don't know, we, we took a poll on the Facebook group, right? Our LC Parents Facebook group. If you're not a part of that, go join it. Um, but the poll was, are you excited for school to start back? So what what's your honest answer, Jennifer? I, I am, and I also wish I had one more week. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm so ready. Um, we just had a great vacation and some other stuff going on, and now I'm like, oh, it's just like right now. Right. I need to get on Amazon. You know, I need all kinds of, I got to pull the school supplies list, but I am ready for the structure and rhythm that Good. school brings. Well, tell us about your family dynamic. Tell us about a little bit about your family. Yeah. So my husband and I just celebrated 14 years of marriage, which seems crazy. Um, we, I was a baby. If you were wondering, yes, I was. Um, and we have just, we've grown up together. We've got these great kids. Um, Smith is 11 and he is going to be a sixth grader, which is an exciting and new territory for us to head into middle school. And then Eliza is eight and she will be in third grade. 
Oh, that's so fresh. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen, what about you? You glad for school to start back? You know, I'm. I guess you could say I'm excited for the routine because okay. the routine is always good to have back. But the timing is always a little off when everybody goes back to school because you have less time together, you know? So I enjoy all the time that we have with the kids. Their schedule during the summer fits my schedule a little bit better. Our our days off are the same. Yeah. That's awesome. It's going to be fun, though. Well, we talked a little bit. You know, we always have conversations before we prep for one of these um, episodes. And you had some great thoughts about how you spend time with the kids, how you maximize time, whether it's during the summer or uh, during the school year. You had some thoughts about your work schedule, how that flows with what they're doing, um, making sure that you're spending time together in the house, some of those kinds of things. Share some of those with us. Yeah, I guess uh, one of the main things for us is just talking about how do you make sure that you're intentionally spending enough time um, together as a family? And so obviously the school year can get the kids really busy. Right. So they're, they're, one of the things we look at is homework and we like to keep homework low. Okay. We, we don't look at, we never say no homework because obviously that's not realistic. Right. But to have low homework in, it, it enables us as a family to be able to have time together each evening without doing school all day and all night long. Right. So that's a really cool part. So tell me about your family dynamic. And are you homeschooling? So that's interesting. We your have, kids and all that. We actually have one. Uh, we have five kids. And our oldest is actually moving into the workforce this oh year, goodness. which is really interesting. And no, we are not old. <laughs> it makes me sound so old. Um, and then we have a 16-year-old that is homeschooled. Um, we homeschool through high, um, once they hit high school. Okay. We homeschool. And then we have a middle schooler and an elementary in public school. And then we still have a preschooler at home. Oh, so, that's yes. so great. That's right? awesome. Okay, so good deal. So you've got some of those routines. You value that time together. You recognize that um, Again, you know, we are the greatest influence in the lives of our kids. Um, Jennifer, we had talked earlier, too, about um, what you do. How is it that you maximize time so that you're getting the greatest influence? Like you're maximizing, you know, Craig talks about all the time about energy management and when is it that your your decision-making fatigue and all those sorts of things. That plays into our relationship with our kids and our ability to influence. Absolutely. Yeah, um, there's two big things that I've really latched onto the last couple of years. One is we do maximize car time. Just like Steven said, our school year gets pretty busy and it can be almost my full-time Uber gig. <laughs> and so um, the school that my kids have been in um, before didn't have busing. And so we had made the commitment that I'm driving you to school every day. And then well, once afternoons are happening, you know, we've got soccer or football and dance and all that. And so I thought, if we're going to spend all this time in the car, how are we really going to do this intentionally? Because I never know. So one thing in the morning, we always do the verse of the day, and I let the kids kind of go back and forth over who's reading the verse of the day. And then I ask them questions. Okay, tell me what that means. Well, sometimes there's some big Bible words in there that they haven't learned yet in their vocabulary vocabulary lessons. Mm -hmm. So we unpack some of those words, but then we really get at the heart of the meaning. And then we pray, and I ask them, what do you want me to pray for? And sometimes it's pray about who's going to sit by me at lunch or some, you know, about this test I'm about to take or my friend's shoe broke and she was really sad yesterday or like it's, it's a gamut of things that they want to pray for, but we always pray the fruits of the spirit. And it's so fun for me because if I forget one or two of them, the kids are in the back, like jumping in with, you forgot faithfulness, gentleness. (laughs) So um, that's something that we do 
in the morning every day consistently. Um, and then I realized a couple of years ago, a f- an older friend, when my, fr- when my oldest started kindergarten said, isn't it so fun when they get in the car and they want to talk about all the things. And I started laughing because she had four girls. Mm. Well, my oldest was a boy. So the boy gets in the car and I get two questions, maybe a third, and then he is tapped out and he just needs downtime before he's ready to talk about everything. So I realized with him, he was going to ask me around 830 or nine o'clock. He's going to ask me for time. He's going to start talking about what's happening in his world. And so was I going to make the commitment to adjust my schedule when what I really want to do is wind down myself and get in a hot bath or paint my fingernails or watch TV or read of my favorite book? Or is this few years that he's going to want this time with me worth investing that and rearranging my schedule, especially since a lot of times I can't control evenings? Right. I love that because what what I'm hearing you say is that we have to particularly, he's moving into middle school years. Right. So no matter what a great parent we are, what great influences our kids have, there's something that happens sometimes in those middle school years where they become a little more reserved in just opening up to us. So without some intentional carved out time that makes sense for his brain wiring, like don't ask me a lot of questions as soon as I get in the car. I'm just extroverted all day long and I need some downtime. Yep give me a couple of hours to kind of get ready and rev up to have a great conversation. So I think what happens sometimes is parents feel like my kid just doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And I get that. But I think what I hear you saying is just discover the right timing to talk. Is that what you're... Absolutely. And it's definitely what's the headspace that he's in, what's his energy level. And when he asks me, I'm going to do everything I can to say yes. Right. One of the other things I realized a couple years ago is I didn't want anything to come from outside of his world that he didn't hear from us also. Hmm. So like I didn't want him to hear about things that I would consider dangerous and high risk Mm -hmm. that I hadn't laid the groundwork for him to come home and talk about. I didn't want him to hear a word or find out about something and then feel like I can't go home and talk about that. So I be, we get, begin to ask intentional questions, um, and my prayer for a long time has been, God, keep them young while they're young. They're oh. going to be exposed to stuff, but everything that we can do to protect them and kind of create that groundwork for them yeah. to come home and ask those questions. I think their so ability great. to open up in conversation, too, is not always um, a pattern. So mm-hmm. you Truth. may not just be able to say, oh, it's going to be in the evenings with every kid. Right. With, with Olivia, there are many times that dropping her off at school is like the times when she's ready to talk yeah. and she wants to open up in the mornings. It might be something totally different. Last night, it was over a bike ride. I didn't feel like going on a bike ride, but she wanted to and we went mm-hmm. and we had a great time together. So I think as a parent, you're just looking for opportunities to just listen yeah. right. to your kids and respond. So I'm hearing you say, again, just be intentional. Yeah. Figure it out. And you know, it's worth it's worth it. Um, these are our kids. And yeah. we can't just at some point just go, well, they're teenagers, and sort of relinquish an opportunity to continue to influence. But guys, you know, as I mentioned at the top, we, we've got to recognize there are a lot of other influences in our kids' lives. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've loved hearing from you guys is... Uh, the priority that you place on those most important influences. So Stephen, what, aside from from you and Megan and the influence that you have on the kids, who is the other voice that you're going to put next? Who's your close second voice? So this might sound cliche at coming from a pastor, mm. especially a kid's pastor, but the number one 
um, loud voice besides uh, Megan and I in the voice in the life of our kids is their small group leaders. That's awesome. And um, we actually, I, I we thank God for it every day. There's been just different connections that have happened that we look at and we're like, wow, that's a really loud voice speaking faith into mm-hmm. our child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an area where I would say for us, it's been really wise to be very involved in who our kids are connected to at church. Right. You know, and just be aware of the fact that your kids are all going to be in a small group from two years up in Life Church. And so um, being involved in are they making the the relational connections that they need to be making and then have a voice as a parent. I, I had a mom come to me the other day and just say, hey, my son is having a really hard time connecting relationally. Like we're just I, I don't feel like we're getting where I would like him to be. And her bringing that concern to me is is like red meat for a pastor. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I'm Thank on you. it. And I'm helping that child to make sure that there's connections being made. Why? Because I am so grateful for the small group leaders who speak faith and love into the life of my kids. Yeah. We, we had a situation at church where... Um, somebody has, you know, a lot of the small group leaders will move up with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so they really become close to these kids and they right. become a very loud voice in their spiritual life. When you say loud, what do you mean? What does um, loud mean? Uh, the kids listen to what they have to say. Yeah. So sometimes even when the parent's voice is no longer being heard or it's just not as loud, mm-hmm. that small group leader at church, they might even be a parent. Right. Those kids don't get it. Right. They're and, not their parent. Right. It's not their <laughs> parent. And we had a mom who was just, just, a mom and a dad who were just frustrated out of their mind because their daughter had begun dating somebody that they just mm. were not excited about. And they kept telling their daughter, we don't want you to see this guy. And it was not until her small group leader, her switch group leader mm-hmm. in switch said, you're not going to be seeing that guy. That's not a great guy for you to be <laughs> hanging out with. She listened. Oh, wow. So we just don't understand it. We should understand as parents how powerful mm-hmm. other voices of faith in our kids' lives is. It's a powerful thing that yeah. you don't want to miss out on. I think there's a myth, particularly in life kids. When we talk about every kid beginning at age two is in a small group, I think there's a myth or a misunderstanding from parents that that just means we circle up to go over questions or mm-hmm. to color a coloring sheet. That is a myth. Um, so what is the truth? What can I really expect from a live kids small group leader? How involved can they really be with a bunch of three-year-olds? So can I add in here? So yes. Smith, my oldest, um, is about to hit sixth grade. So he just signed up to start swerving in our church. In um, So swerve is when our switch students serve. And they can awesome. serve in live kids. They can serve on host team. They make a difference on the weekend. And so Smith signed up at, we had this big party signing day, and he wanted my husband, Chad, and I to be there. He wanted Pastor Stephen to be there, and he wanted Cade to be there. So Cade is going to be a junior in high school, and he's in my ministry, but he has been Smith's small group leader since he was in the ARC at four years old. Oh, my. See, that's it. <laughs> that's the there's power the, right there that the we magic, were talking about. Yeah. And it is so powerful to watch that influence in his life and um, to watch that bond that they have and just the history that they have together. You know, that they've, Kate's been speaking into Smith's life for six years now, and it's really cool to watch. That's a power. Okay, so going back to the loud, prominent voice that you're talking about, Stephen, 
that's it. Yeah. I mean, in a day when Smith doubts yours, you know, they're just being my parents or they're too overprotective. Right. If Kate says it, it'll be like the story you just relayed, Stephen. I mean, that's, yeah. you, we've got to have that. Yeah. That's so important. That's great. Well, and we have so many, uh, we have a lot of leaders that serve in Life Kids every single weekend. What what I would love for every parent on this podcast to hear is that those leaders aren't just leaders that are there to watch your kids. They are literally your child's pastor. Mm-hmm. Ooh. They are their pastor. I like that. And when, when, when you're talking about the myth of just circling up, it, that is so true. I've never heard it put that way. But it really is because those people are there because God has called them to circle up with your mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. and to love them, to connect relationally to them, to get to know them, and to literally pastor them. And mm. not just those kids, but you as parents. To, right. For, for the parents to be connected to those people as well. So I would say get to know whether your kid is two or whether they are 15 Get to know your child's personal pastor, their small group leader, their switch group leader, because mm-hmm. those those people are longing to know you as well. So help them out and go introduce yourself. And- That's good. Help me understand, though, because, I mean, these are just volunteers, right? I mean, these are people who just give, you know, give an hour a week. So that's another myth that I hear that all the time. These yeah. are just volunteers. So talk to me about that. What do we think at Life Church when people describe just the volunteers who are serving I, in I next year? I just can't even quite decide what I want to say. <laughs> like, right. there's like 19 things that I want to no come thing. out. Right. Um, no, and that that makes me laugh and also fills me with righteous anger right. because they are not volunteers. They are leaders who get to lead students to become fully devoted followers of yes. Christ, lead kids to become fully devoted followers of Christ, which means that their first priority is their own relationship with Jesus and then the way that they get to pour out. And it is um, it is actually the the command that Jesus gave us, which was to make disciples. Like Mm -hmm. that is what our leaders do. They make disciples of students and kids. And, and sometimes it is life choices and they're just echoing. Yes. You actually have to brush your teeth all the time, you know, or, or no, you shouldn't date that guy after all. Um, but, but it's also just allowing them to wrestle and grow together. So no, those leaders are invested. They are bought in. Um, and we work really hard to make sure that, my personal filter when we're onboarding leaders is I wouldn't want one of my kids, I, I would only bring on a leader if I want one of my kids to be in their group. That's right. Okay. And so if they're not in that healthy place spiritually, we have tons of stuff in place that is this checks and balance to make sure that they're growing in their relationship with God. They're honoring God the way that we as a church believe that that plays out. Um, and that's something that we are super passionate about is our leaders' spiritual intensity. Well, and in all honesty, a lot of leaders do start as a volunteer in their head. Mm-hmm. They literally yeah. are coming, and it, for them, it's like, I want to get involved in my church, and it's kind of like I'm volunteering at the local food pantry or something. Right. And they quickly start realizing, I mean, from orientation where yeah. they're learning how we work on, they're realizing, no, this is a calling. Like, yeah. I have to, this has to come from my heart. I spent years serving in our student ministry before I was a pastor, and I would say it is the single most catalytic spiritual development thing that ever happened in my life. I would not be the Christ follower that I am. I would not be the wife I am. I would not have the friends I have if it weren't for serving. That is right. I love that. I um, What I love about what I'm hearing you guys say about these people that are not just volunteers, these are called leaders Mm -hmm. that 
Jennifer, according to you, are vetted. There's an interview process, yeah. you know. So these are not people just responding to this need that we have for adults to go hold babies, right? Absolutely. Or to keep teenagers from being crazy on Wednesday night. Right. I love that. They are the pastors. Um, one of the things that we had talked about uh, is one of you guys mentioned earlier was the proactive. Oh, it was you, Stephen. You talked about being proactive. So as a parent, I think oftentimes, you know, our, our children's teachers at, mm-hmm. at school are chosen for us. Uh, we don't get to choose their football coach. Oftentimes we don't get to choose who their boss is going to be or, you know, some of those other influences. Really, how involved can or should a parent be in even the choosing part? You, you touched on it a little bit. But, you know, I, as a parent, I might feel a little intimidated. You know, am I helicoptering? Am I hovering? Yeah. Am I supposed to do that? There's all that negative energy around parents who helicopter. Yeah, I would say to never feel that way. It is so welcome. Um, as, a, as a staff member, as a pastor, as a pastor, you're looking at this situation and going, I, I need all of the support that I can get from Mm-hmm. Uh, the parents. Mm-hmm. And so it is wonderful to have a parent come up and, and just share with you what could most help with their child's experience at church. Yeah, we talked um, about fit. You know, Matt and I, when we joined a life group, we didn't just join the first life group. No one yeah. told our campus pastor and say, you've got to go join the Gordon's life group. We got to find the best fit for us. And that's what I believe you're saying is that you do want your child to really love their their small group if or their switch group. If yeah. they don't, they're not going to enjoy coming because the majority of what we do is relationally based through small groups. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, coming and saying, "Hey, let's let's help my child find the perfect fit" is really the best thing in the world you can do as a parent. Absolutely. And as a student pastor, um, you know, sometimes I ask questions initially because sometimes in middle school we get our feelings hurt and it's just like, she made me mad. I don't want to be in that group next week. Right. So we want to make sure that we're asking those good questions, but there's nothing that I love more than a parent who's coming to me and saying, I really want my student to be connected here. I want them to have a fit. How could we, this isn't happening or how could I help make that happen? So I absolutely welcome that as well. That's great. Personally, for our family, my son Ethan was struggling mm-hmm. to fit into a, uh, a switch group. And um, the the pastors at the OKC campus where we attend went out of their way to put him into several different groups to help him find his fit. Mm-hmm. And his spiritual walk with Jesus is, not, it's it doesn't even echo what it used to be in what he learned from his switch group leader. It's awesome. And there's so many changes that have happened in his life. His relationships that he has today are based on being in that group. And that group is so close. So they all just graduated high school a few months ago, and they actually went on a senior trip together with their leaders. So instead of going like a traditional senior trip, they went on their senior trip with, with their, their switch, with their switch group. group. Shut it. Yep. I can't. That's so great. Um, Jennifer, one last thing. Um, how important is consistency? in a student or a child connecting with their small group um, and that probably mattering. the single most important thing. And um, as a pastor, one of the things that breaks my heart the most is when kids, students get in trouble and they get grounded from switch, like <laughs> right. take their phone away, take, make them do every chore, you know, all the things, but, but don't take them out of the one place where they could hear from God. And there's another godly voice in their head. Mm-hmm. So I, I just believe if there's, 
if there's any place that they should be on a Wednesday night um, or on the weekend, it is in the building because the support, the cumulative effect of mm-hmm. that consistency is more than anything that yeah, you could imagine. Praise. And and it's so much like that's that's a night out of my week too, you know, and we've got events and we've got stuff and we've got activities, but that is a sacred space and um and, and enough that I would say no to my kids doing other activities so that we can continue to say yes That's to right. them yeah. being there. One one last thing to reiterate what we were saying earlier about uh, when you mentioned don't ground them from the switch. Yeah. It's like in that case, your student is in a lot of trouble and your instinct is you're grounded from switch because I know how much you love it. Yeah. Instead, call your kid's switch group leader Absolutely. and say, my child just got in trouble for XYZ. Yes. Let's partner together. Here's some language <laughs> we're using right. at home. Right? Yes, absolutely. It's so powerful. So yeah. Yeah, when, when they're hearing the same thing from you and their small group leader, yeah. money. Yeah. Well, you guys, this has, it's always so great to talk to you guys. I'm always so inspired by um, not just you as pastors, but you guys as parents and how you lean into that. And I love what you brought to the this episode today. I think it's so important for parents to hear that consistently getting your kids into life, kids, helping them find the right group, find the right leader um, and switch, those things are also important. Um, and be sure to partner with those, as Stephen called them, their personal pastor. Yes. I love that. Um, so yeah, we're so thankful to have had you guys on the show today. Uh, parents, don't forget that we have tons of great resources, and we just recently launched our life.church forward slash parents page. On that page, you can find links to everything you can imagine that would support you as a family. Uh, we hope that you yourself are in a life group, that you have other voices speaking truth into your lives as well. We look forward to seeing you this week at church. 